0: hey guys I'm happy to be back. I think one thing that I've observed out there right, is that most of the finance or personal finance kind of advice either revolves around like investing for the long term, saving your money, how to bring down debt, or the other side of the spectrum will be how to spend less you know or how to get better deals you know those kind of those kind of stuff. So when, when I think about it, it's like, hmm, nobody's really talking about how do I get more value of the dollar that I spend and what are some smart ways or smart things that we should spend on or we could consider spending on, right? Depending on your context, different people see it differently. And I'm going to share with you guys today three things that I spend on, very non-conventional relative to what most people look at um, that I feel has benefited me a lot on this journey of life. So good morning everyone, I welcome you to another day with The Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today's topic, three non-conventional good things to spend on. Uh, I feel quite proud of myself because I just regurgitated the introduction uh, without... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Reading the script. (laughs) So that is a sign that I've been working very hard, uh, right? We really generate... Content, man, and really, you know, trying to find all sorts of interesting angles to look at things, right? And I think I come from a pretty fortunate place because I tend to transcend a lot of social norms, like, I've lived in different countries, you know, I've done business, I invest, and I work a job now, and I'm doing creative work now, like freelance, you know, so it's like, oh, pretty interesting, i traveled around, I get to see a lot of different things, and I've experienced a lot of different stuff, right, so when I look at it, I was like, oh, not bad, huh, because I got multiple perspectives of things, I probably can give you uh, more interesting views, right, that's probably why you're here. So yeah, do, you know, help us get the word out, get more people on the podcast, just share, you know, and like, review, wherever you get your podcast from. Okay, that will help us a lot. And also just to like, you know, congratulate me for being able <laughs> to regurgitate the introduction. Well, come oh. on, oh, I'm very amazed with myself at this point in time. But yes, today's topic. Three non-conventional things that I spend on that I feel that you can consider. Of course, there's no one way to spend. You know, I just want to put it out there that not spending, right? It's probably not a great way to spend, right? There's this like financial anxiety, right? When you save, 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 right? You, you react to it by just not spending. Right? Every time you try to spend money, right? It's like it's like eating you up, right? So if Uh, If you have not checked one of the earlier episodes, I think it's on uh, managing fine emotions during a turmoil. I think that is, I did talk a little bit about this. And I'm also in the midst of uh, reading another book which talks about the psychology of spending to try to break down why we spend, what we spend, what are some of the major factors, right? So that will be interesting. We'll have more interesting stuff coming forward uh, based on those uh, content, on the psychology of spending. Uh, But yes, there is no one way. But I'm just going to share with you some things that I personally spend that is pretty non-conventional by Singapore standards that I believe have benefited me quite a bit, right? And, you know, life is not all about moolah, right? You got to spend it to experience it, right? And, and go out there. I'm just not, you know, like going to the club and just throwing my money out there. Lah. Or, you know, this different people have different way of spending. I'm just going to share with you where I come from and what I believe, so first thing that I feel will benefit us a lot and non-conventional is to rent a room with housemates. Ha, ha So yes, for the Malaysian audience or people that are not from Singapore, you'll be like, huh? Rent a room with housemates her non conventional meh? You know, for people that live in a bigger country, you you tend to go to the major city centres to work. So you're very used to renting a room, find your housemates and settle with your own cozy space, have your own safe space with your own, you know, pacer pack together, right? But in Singapore, that is not the case. Usually, you know, usually, I'm, I'm definitely sure there are some people that do this, but usually people don't rent a room with their housemates. They just stay with their parents until they find a special someone and then get a HDB. (sighs) But anyway, uh, I will not judge your personal choices because I was stuck like that for a long period of time. Neither will I judge whether you want to stay in the East or the West because that will be an endless discussion. Personally, from an easty viewpoint, the East is always better. (laughs) But yes, if you want to find out a little bit more about what is the kind of market dynamics for property rental? What are the prices? Then go to, you know, uh, moneysmart.sg. I think they wrote a pretty decent article. There many people write different articles about rent, okay? So, moneysmart.sg, they wrote a pretty decent article. Uh, relatively clear, not flooded with too much information. It's called Rent in Singapore 2020. So, over there, you get to see the different kind of rental prices and um, yeah, you get to choose. So, essentially, it ranges from about 800 to 1000 for a room. So, of course, if you uh, rent the whole space, then it'll probably be a little cheaper if you share with different people. Uh, either way, uh, you definitely need to look out for your finances. Lah. You must be able to afford. And I know um, rental prices in Singapore are not cheap, okay, relative to your income if you are starting grad, right? But if you factor in things like transport fee, you know, maybe you spend about 200 a month just on transport, then, you know, if you stay closer to town, you pay a little bit of a premium, you can cycle to work, alright? That's also quite cool, uh, but of course uh, uh, a bit too non-conventional. <laughs> so we're not going to uh, your lifestyles and your decision, but assuming you can afford, okay? Don't don't quote me, don't say, I must go and rent a house, okay? But assume- Assuming you can afford, you feel comfortable enough to be able to rent a space. I think a lot of times it's an ideological shift, not a financial discussion. Because a lot of people are like, you know, I got to save, save, save so I can buy a house. You know, I must pay down my debt, da, da, da. So, okay, all these things, I get it. I agree, you should do that. You know, but when I talk about spending and renting a room with your housemates, right? There are many, many perks beyond just um, finances, and I think one of the main perks that you get to do is you develop your own way of life. You know, when you live at home, um, your family is actively trying to adjust your way of life because to them, right, they are predominant and they have their own way of life. When they see your way of life different from them, they'll be pick check. So I get it, right? Uh, they pick check. I also pick check, right? Then it's okay. Then we just, you know, carry on. You live your own life. I live my own life. And now that I've rent my own space and developed my own way of life, I've realized a lot of nuances about me, which I will not talk about here. But the idea is, as you go through this process of building your own way of life, you get to understand yourself way better. You get to realize that oh, well, actually, right, um, to me, the kitchen quite important right? And uh, living room, not so important. Do I need a TV? I don't need, right? And you you get to learn a lot of these kind of small little decisions about yourself, which is very beautiful. Because in the long run, right, when you buy your own place or when you scout for your own place, then you start to realize what is important and what is not. So, let me share with you my personal story, right? So, I am renting a space in uh, Subang, in KL, right? And uh this place that I rent has a swimming pool. And when I rented it, I was so excited because the swimming pool is so sweet, you know. And I'm like, yeah, finally I live in a condo, got a swimming pool. Yeah, Singapore is very expensive. Huh? But anyway, then as I lived there, I realized that I don't actually go to the pool as often huh, now that I have a pool downstairs. Right, so then it allows me to kind of refactor that, do I really need a pool? Because honestly, if I don't need that pool, my rent can go down by another like 20%. Right? So you, you, get, you start to see these kind of ideas. right? A lot of times it's a fascination in our head that we want this. And there are amalgamation of factors like because of media projection, because of you know uh, envy of your friend's place and all these different elements that bring us to believe that we actually want a house like that. But when we never go out and explore, when we don't rent our own space, we don't, we don't actually um, refine that process. we do not not clear. Ma. Everything is just a dream, right? Then we save, 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 hoping to buy that one house in our dream. But we have not lived anywhere like that dream. So it's a hit and miss. La. Sometimes you just miss, la. But I want to put out a caveat out there, right? It's, uh, when you rent your own space, uh, it's very important who you live with also, right? If you live in a place, right, which is like super depressing, everybody is just there to work and just hustle and, and do all this kind of stuff. Uh, that, that is their way of life. It's okay. If you believe in their way of life, okay, so be it. But when I live, I want to either have my own space or I want to live with people that I enjoy living with. So it's a lot a lot about picking your pacer pack, right? Picking your housemates. So when you have good housemates, right? Hey, amazing man, life is great. Because day in, day out, you have this support. And a lot of them are in a similar phase of life as you. So then you go through challenges, you talk about that, you know, you have this safe space at home, which is great. Compared to living with your parents or living with your uh, other other people, right? It's that you don't feel safe enough to talk about. A lot of times, it's not because they are not wise. It's just because they portray this, you know, like, hey, I know everything kind of vibe. And they cannot g- come down to your level, it, which is why a lot of managers right? it's not that they cannot do what they, they, they it's not that they cannot do what they tell you to do. it's just because they cannot come down to your level they forget already. So when they cannot come down to the executor's level, they cannot they are not able to translate what they actually want to say. So I do enjoy living with people that are more alike with me. Right, so we have the kind of common goals, common uh, resonance, right? That's just Pacer Pack. And to me, this is something that um, definitely very, very valuable. Also, if you are a couple, right? And you are already contemplating or getting a house, yada, yada, right? I, I'm, I'm very amazed how people are in a relationship for a few years and they're going to get their ABTO already, but they have never rented an apartment outside to live together and test it out. Right. To me it's like, oh my God, this is a no no thing. Right. When when I look at it, right, it's a lot about testing. Right. You want to go out and test to see if living with this person, you know, how can you refine it? Uh, it's not really about. Uh, after I live with this person, like, oh, I cannot I cannot live together? Break up, break up. That may be one scenario, but the other scenario, the 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 more possible scenarios is uh, as you live together, you start to refine that process. You realize each other's qualms, each other's quirks, and just kind of refine and grow together before you decide to commit onto your your house together. Before you decide to commit onto your flat together, to me, your please la, don't don't go and save that thousand dollars, you know, and bet on that. Uh, half a million dollars <laughs> you, you know so yes definitely make sure that your finances can allow you to rent a space with your housemates and if you're financially you know able to do that i hope that i've convinced you enough to explore that right you can stay a year half a year you know maybe not half a year half a year you must submit from somewhere. at least a year explore it and you know just kind of play around and Ultimately it's really about spending smart and spending, you know, on things that are valuable and experiences that you can keep forever. So I personally do believe that renting a room with people that you love like housemates right that are resonance, uh, you can resonate together uh, it's amazing, great experience for me. Which brings me to my next non-conventional thing to spend on and that is trade exhibitions. Yeah, huh? interesting, right? Nobody tell you go to trade exhibitions. Right? Everybody asks you go club, right? go to a restaurant, go everything, right? I'm going to share with you more about why I believe trade exhibitions are an interesting place to go to after a word from our sponsor. Good day, guys. This is Reggie, your podcast host, and I want to take this time to give our mini campaign on ko-fi.com slash coconut a shout-out. Help us reach our $500 goal so that we can integrate new softwares and hardware for your improved learning experience. We will be releasing more varied content in due time. Stay tuned. Link is in the description below. Okay, back to trade exhibitions. So, I think um, there are a lot of different kind of trade exhibitions like HR Summit, Tech in Asia. You know, depending on what trade you're in, right? Some uh, trade <laughs> exhibitions are a bit more exciting. Lah. Some are a bit more sien. <laughs> you know, then uh, the trade association have to buck up a bit. Lah, huh? If you want to attract the young people into your trade, then your exhibition have to be a bit more interesting and exciting. But either way, that aside, I do believe that there is immense value in going to trade exhibitions. Why? So I think first you need to understand how exhibitions are put together, right? They tend to be organised by an association, you know, or by a very big company that is in the field, okay? And more often than not, by the time you know about these exhibitions, they are already pretty established, right? The small ones, maybe... um, People at our level, we, we don't get to see those exhibitions, All right? So, some of these exhibitions are very, very interesting because you go there, right? You can see the latest stuff, right? Which is important if you're in the field, right? Okay, I'm not saying like food expo, don't tell me, I go food fair, I go food fair. Food fair pussy fair ho. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you is trade exhibitions huh? you go for the ones that covers your trade. So if you're in HR, you should go to HR Summit. Right? If you are in food and beverage in the hotels business, you should go to FHA, right? Food Hotels Asia. If you're in the tech world, you should go into tech in Asia, right? Go to these kind of trade exhibitions, right? To meet the kind of leading suppliers, leading providers in the game. Because anybody that can exhibit there, right, probably spend quite some money to exhibit a bit there already. So, you get to see some of the most interesting stuff that are, you know, forefront in the in the sector, in the industry. Also, when you're there, you tend to be able to meet some people that have similar interests, right? Is uh, The reality is you are in a certain trade, right? You are in a certain field and you don't actually hate it, lah, huh? let's be honest. A lot of people say things like, oh, I hate my job, I hate the sector that I'm in, you know, but maybe more accurately is they don't really like that their boss don't listen to them you know they don't feel safe with their colleagues or their commute is crazy an hour a day you know so there are many many factors we need to be clearer don't don't, uh, convolute everything together if after all these different things you still stay in the trade you still stay in the company then there must be some interesting things about the trade that you enjoy So why not go to these kind of exhibitions to meet like-minded people? They always have sub-events within these exhibitions and you get all the cards from all these leading exhibitors. You get to connect with them, connect with them on LinkedIn, talk to these people. And yeah, to me, that is a great way to connect and expand your horizon to see in this field that I'm in, what are the most innovative guys out there, who are the leading people out there and what are people talking about in my trade? To me, that is very important. Uh, And why go to trade exhibition? Don't go to those kind of free events right because honestly uh the singapore the free event uh, is very chill okay I'm, I'm i'm not sure about other countries but it's flooded with people that are trying to sell you something in mlms or in you know also some weird things that they're trying to do because free event uh, right they don't need to spend but for events that people need to spend like 100 200 300 dollars for per entrance, right, which is these kind of trade exhibitions, then you already weed out all these kind of weird people. And when you go in, there's a certain uh, caliber of people that are willing to spend to further their interest in this trade. So to me, right, it's a great place to go to connect with like-minded people, especially people that are not in your own company. You want to have the kind of wider view, you know, of the sector and the horizon, look further. And also to kind of see what is the latest upcoming trends in the sector, so yes, go for trade exhibitions. Spend some money. If you need some reference numbers, I think about five to ten percent of your monthly income is okay. Of course, if you can chuch your boss to spend for you, that will be even better. You just gotta write a proposal. Actually, a lot of entrepreneurs are very open to sending their representative to all these kind of exhibitions, right? Especially if you can, you not sure that there's yield in this thing, lah, huh? Which brings me to my third point that I feel it's pretty non-conventional, you know, thing that I spend on, which is I go on periodic backpacking trips, okay? It's getting more and more conventional these days, and backpacking is getting cool, so that's good, you know, but uh, I just want to kind of reinforce this idea that why do I go backpacking, and why do I enjoy it? I think Singaporeans are pretty well-traveled, yeah, because we have the kind of ability to travel. Our currency is quite big, right, and... Uh, because of all sorts of reasons that we rig our day-to-day spending, other than rent, huh, actually we do have quite a lot of monthly surplus. Okay, And when we look at that, right, people are very well-traveled. But are they really well-traveled or are they just travel a lot of places? All right? So when I go for backpacking trips, I think the beauty of it is you get to localise and you get to live in a different place. You get to experience a different way of life. And it opens up your perspective, opens up the way you see things. So to me, that is a um, very beautiful, and I want to further define the idea of backpacking. Essentially, is you go there, you're living like a local, right? You live like a local, you you know, you're not lavishly, you know, just splurging around, and you spend a good amount of time, at least a month in uh, the different places, and you're not trying to hop over from one place to another place, you're just kind of, you know, detach yourself from your usual life and integrate to a new way of life for a short period of time. And when I look at it, like Vietnam, Cambodia, Taiwan, you know, when I go to all these kind of places, Wow, they have drastically different lives and it's very interesting because you get to see and you get to connect, you get to kind of experience. And of course, if you live in the hostels, that's even better because in the hostels, there are a lot of people from different walks of life and different places around the world. So I met like Israelis, Germans, French, Japanese, Koreans, everywhere. In, in all these kind of hostels that I live in and some people prove their stereotypes, <laughs> some people are uh, pretty interesting and break their stereotypes. So it's, it's quite fun. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to go backpacking and just kind of experience the different way of life, expand your worldview, and just kind of shape your own life, further shape your own life. Because many a times when we live in a place for a long period of time, we don't get to see different perspectives, and with that, right, we have we limit our growth, we limit our experience of life. So when I look at it, I think it's a uh, something you should consider. And if you're really interested, definitely check out some of the earlier episodes where I talk about traveling. You know, for free I'm not really for free but yeah check that out so yes I want to sum up today with the three non-conventional good things that I spent on that you can consider number one is renting a room with your housemates I think I've greatly benefited from this process because I get to know myself better and I get to live with people that are more alike Right? because we are in a similar phase of life, we form a Pacer Pack. And number two is to go to trade exhibitions. When you go to trade exhibitions, you meet some of the leading providers and like-minded individuals in the trade. So that's a good place to start and connect with a wider group that can help you further your interest. Right, And number three is to go for some backpacking trips. Right, To me, that is a great place to you know spend very little and experience a different way of life, kind of grow your perspective of uh, living. So I hope you learned something useful today See ya Hey, I hope you learned something useful today And truly appreciate that you took time to better your life With the financial coconut Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting When shared, debated and discussed I hope you would share what you've gained with people you love And I want to hear from you Give me some questions and help me along with building a community of financially savvy coconuts. hope together, we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Join our community telegram group, reach out to us on Facebook. Everything is in the description below. And if you enjoy the podcast and feel you want to keep us growing and stay independent, do buy us a copy at ko With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all.